You are tuned in to Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria, the founder of Global Gospel Worship Radio. Marina interviews local pastors and global leaders, sharing their testimonies and the work they're doing for the Lord. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus reminds us, Seek first God's kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We hope this program will encourage you to do just that. Now here's your host, Marina Maria. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Cheryl Sachs, who is a national conference speaker, prayer mobilizer, a local church prayer consultant, and an author. Since 1981, when Hal and Cheryl Sachs co-founded Bridge Builders International, their initiatives have brought measurable and miraculous results as they've mobilized intense targeted prayer on issues uh, such as sex, drug, and weapons trafficking on the border and in schools. The Bridge Builders team empowers more than 5 million Christians, including pastors, law enforcement, and legislators to invite God's transforming presence into every cultural sphere of influence based on 2 Chronicles 7.14. Cheryl has written three books, The Prayer-Saturated Church, The Prayer-Saturated Family, Prayer-Saturated Kids, in which she has co-authored with Arlene Lawrence. Her latest book is Reclaim a Generation, 21 Days of Prayer for Schools. Cheryl and her husband, Hal, live in Phoenix, Arizona, and they have a married daughter named Nicole. Thank you so much for being on Faith City Outreach, Cheryl, to share your book, your latest book, Reclaim a Generation, 21 Days of Prayer for Schools, which is a prayer guide about the issues schools and kids face today. This is a very important topic, one that I am passionate about, one that I know you, Marina, are passionate about as a first grade teacher. And I was a high school teacher for a number of years, and schools are such a mission field. They are a harvest field. Our children are so important. So praying for our schools is so important Mm -hmm. because our children spend many, many hours a week there, more hours than they spend at church, uh, almost more hours than they do at home. And what happens there is so critical to their formation. And schools are a battlefield today. And prayer and praying for our kids is so incredibly important. That is so true, Cheryl. I often tell my students, this is your second home, so let's treat our second home with respect, and we are a first-grade family. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. Cheryl, I know in our last radio interview, we spoke about one of your other books, Prayer Saturated Kids, in which you co-authored with Arlene Lawrence. You shared the importance and urgency to saturate the next generation with prayer and to leave them with the legacy of prayer. Also, to teach them how to pray. They will be faced with many of today's issues in which we will um, discuss and also which you have mentioned in your book, Reclaim a Generation, 21 Days of Prayer for Schools. Did you write this book immediately after prayer saturated kids because they both fit together well it's interesting that actually we were already doing a lot of work in schools when i wrote prayer saturated kids in fact for 20 years we've been mobilizing 21 days of back to school prayer here in arizona 
and have, have written a 21-day prayer guide. So we have taken that guide and done many things. We, one year, two years in a row, we rented high school auditoriums and prayed 24 hours nonstop in uh, 11 high schools in Arizona. We have taken vans and uh, cars to pray over every single elementary school in Phoenix. One year we took buses to pray over every high school in Phoenix. So we have seen what happens when we saturate our schools in prayer. We would hear testimonies of teachers saying, oh, the whole atmosphere of our school has changed. Uh, oh, there used to be a fight or several fights every day on campus. Now there are not any. Uh, we saw schools that were very, very poor. Uh, Central High School, for example, uh, where there were broken windows and not enough teachers and the sports fields were in disarray. And we prayed about that. And then all these sports teams came in and started giving grants to fix uh, mm -hmm. of the school and the sports fields and so many, many answers uh, to prayer. But it all started when I was a school teacher and I was in a high school where there was fighting, gangs, drugs, students were even hanging themselves from the rafters on the stage in the school auditorium. Mm -hmm. And I was a brand new school teacher. I, I didn't know what to do about this. I mean, they never told me in college that school teaching was gonna be like this. And I just started prayer walking the perimeter of my high school, got my English teacher friends to pray during the lunch hour, and we asked for God to send a visitation of his Holy Spirit to my high school, and you know what he did. So from that pl place of knowing what God can do, it was in my heart to start mobilizing prayer for schools, K through 12 and university. And we've done it in so many different ways. And then people are getting their own ideas and they are gathering their friends and praying for schools and even volunteering in schools just to get in and pray silently while they're walking in the halls. It's amazing what God is doing with this initiative. That's amazing. And that's so much needed today that we need to continue doing that. Well, I'd like to tell a, a quick story, if I might. Absolutely. We just did 21 Days of Back to School Prayer in August. I mean, that's been a while, but it seems like yesterday. And teams all over the nation prayed. But right here in the Phoenix area, we had a team that was praying at a different school every single day. And there was one elementary school, and now the name of it slips me, uh, but we prayed there. And the very next day, the music teacher, who actually was a part of the prayer team, the music teacher uh, was beginning to teach her children uh, the songs for Christmas because they were gonna do a concert. So she started teaching them, they started singing early, uh, they were singing everything from, you know, Frosty the Snowman to Jingle Bells, but then mm -hmm. she would put in uh, the Christmas carols. And one day, she said, well, that day after they prayed, they began to sing, Oh, Holy Night. And as they began to sing, Oh, Holy Night, the Spirit of God fell upon that classroom, and the children began to weep. And she said, so many of the children have deep wounds and deep hurts, and they didn't know what it was. But 
the words of the song like Christ the Savior is born mm. and some of them she had the words up and some of them couldn't say Christ they couldn't even say the word they had not heard about the Christ but they were singing Christ the Savior is born they were singing these words that they had never heard and then they wanted to ask her well they couldn't say the word Savior they started asking her what is a Savior who is this Christ wow. and she began to explain well okay let me explain what the history of Christmas is well Christians believe that this was the birth of Christ and one kid said oh is that why we call it Christmas like Christmas didn't even know is that why we call this Christmas this one little boy was so touched when they were singing Oh Holy Night that he could not stop uh, crying he was crying uncontrollably so after the bell rang the teacher just put her arm around him and was talking to him and it had brought back a flashback of, of some abuse in his life or something that he had seen and and he couldn't stop praying and she was able to pray over him and and she said I know this is a public school but you know this I didn't ask for this it's happening right here and she just prayed healing over him so we don't know how powerful these prayers are when we pray over a school and invite God to come in you know what he does Absolutely. And as you're reading or as you're saying your story, there's listeners out there that may be teachers, they may be leaders or principals of schools and or just people from the community listening to your story or your testimony about how prayer has impacted the schools. They too can be encouraged to do that we're, and to start it now. That's right. We're, we are seeing, I've never seen such an interest in our schools as we do now because mm -hmm. of all what's happening across the nation. And we are seeing parents and grandparents not only prayer walking their schools, but adopting schools in prayer. Mm -hmm. And even hearing God say, I want you to be the answer to your prayers. They're run, running for school board and right. they're winning school board seats. And they're going to the principals and saying, you know what, I don't like this curriculum. Uh, we want to know as parents what's being taught in our classrooms. So it's been prayer and action. Exactly. And what about for principals? Well, we have heard of even a school superintendent in another state that just adopted the whole initiative of, of praying 21 days of back-to-school prayer. And he, along with churches, and the churches sort of led this, they would do a day where they would launch the 21 days of back-to-school prayer. And principals or school superintendents can do this, partnering with the church and the Christian teachers or whoever wants to be a part of it, they can be a part of it. And the churches are picking up the mantle and uh, the charge for this. But it is possible as a principal, as a school superintendent, to partner with the church to see this happen in the community or in your school or school district. 
In your introduction, Cheryl, you state that the Lord is a great, has a great plan for this generation, that they will take the gospel into every sphere of influence and contend for the cultural keys to our, gener- to our nation, bringing uh, reformation and um, revival to the land. And at the same time, our enemy is actively at work strategizing how he can destroy our children, just uh, as he sought to destroy Joseph, Moses, and Jesus. He wants to stop this young generation from fulfilling God's call on, on their lives. What are some major areas the enemy is attacking this new generation? You mentioned a little bit in the first interview, but I think we need to mention it again for listeners who didn't listen to the first interview. I think really one of the main key areas is their identity. They are confused about who they are. Our our students today need to know that their identity is found in Jesus Christ. They need to know who they are in Christ and how they are strong in the Lord and God has a plan and purpose for their lives. And because they don't have that anchor in their lives, they are tossed to and fro. And that's why the uh, discussions about, well, you don't really know if you're a boy or girl until, you know, a certain age, or you can choose, and those kinds of things, which actually is also uh, being perpetrated in our schools and through social media. But kids today need to know that they are deeply loved by God, and they need to know they have a purpose a God-ordained purpose, that he has created them uniquely so that they can feel secure. They're not yielding to peer pressure or other pressures that would come against them. And it takes some intentional discipling, intentional prayer to bring this generation to that place. And there are so many broken homes today that many of our listeners, you might be a school teacher or you might be a pastor or a youth leader or a children's worker and you have children that you come in contact with that their parents haven't and are not going to teach them about the Lord. But God has put them in your path, in your life, so that you can pray for them and possibly even lead them to the Lord, teach them to pray, mentor, disciple them. We must all be responsible for the next generation. Amen. In your book, you do mention a little bit about that issue, um, or you did create a chapter for that issue, and that's on day six. You mentioned gender and sexuality, and you also mentioned the, the scripture, Genesis chapter 1, verses 27. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You go on to say, sexuality, once an educational responsibility of parents, has moved not just into the mainstream of education, but to the extreme. Not only are today's students being exposed to extremely graphic, sexually themed material in some districts in the name of sex ed, but they are also being exposed to pressures to accept and embrace transgenderism. I love how you, at the very end, also include prayers for this certain issue. And one of the prayers is, I'd love to read it because 
so specifically lays out a prayer for this. God, as we face these enemy forces that we lead our students into sexual sin, we declare that you have promised to preserve the godly inheritance of parents and our nation, and that inheritance is our children. We need to pray and ask the Lord to preserve the righteous seed. You know, in Revelation, there's a picture of a woman birthing a baby, and the dragon is standing there to devour the righteous seed, is what Revelation says. And we need to be reawakened that there is a dragon, Satan, who wants to devour our righteous seed. But we can pray, we can befriend this next generation. Mm We can encourage them and love them and help them learn to pray for themselves and know that God is for them and let them know, as we talked about, that they God has a unique plan for them. It is because they're looking for acceptance, they're looking for a place to belong, that they get drawn into these clubs and groups that are doing things that are totally contrary to the Word of God. And it's important in schools too. Now I know some of the schools in our area, they have good news uh, Bible clubs. Well, that's something that you can do uh, in your school, something that we're still allowed to do. And it's a beautiful place that children can meet other kids that want to know about the Lord and it's a place to pray for children and teach them to pray right in a public school setting. It's after school. These are the kinds of things that we can do um, because it's just like my friend who was the music teacher. Uh, Schools can try to shut God out. They can try to shut down prayer. But if we have praying people inside schools and outside schools, praying for schools, uh, inviting him in, he will be there. He will show up one way or the other. We can't shut him out. And we need to be encouraged by that, that nothing is impossible with God. Amen, and that is so true. You mentioned just a minute ago about the children just getting to the wrong areas and the wrong things and they become vulnerable if into those areas and into the enemy schemes when they are not saturated with prayer they become vulnerable in the enemy schemes period if they're not prayed over if they're not taught how to pray if they're not taught who they are in Christ sometimes the first step is just befriending a young person It might be your next-door neighbor. You know, Mm -hmm. you might be a parent or a family that lives next door to someone. Maybe both parents work all the time. Maybe the the kid is left alone a lot or whatever. And you just start befriending that child Mm -hmm. or inviting them over to your house. Um, I know our daughter and son-in-law, they were having a a kid that lived, that was visiting Uh, the people next door that came to their house and it was like they had never seen a dad before he he didn't have a dad he did he had never seen what a family was really supposed to look like Mm -hmm. and he was so drawn to 
just the love that was in this home and the fact that there was a dad that cared about him and spoke to him. It can start with something just befriending Mm -hmm. Uh, someone, which I know you can do, you see in your classroom, how Mm -hmm. you show the kids that you love them. That's the first thing that they want to know. So when I was teaching high school, there would be kids that would just come up to me and say, well, where do you go to church? Well, where is that church? Well, could I come? And And did they? And they did come. Wow. And sometimes then the next day in class they would say, oh, I was at the church last night and the speaker was speaking about the Christians. Well, could you answer a question for me? Who are the Christians and how do you become one? Wow. Well, I don't know. I didn't get fired, but I answered the question (laughs) in the classroom of 30 kids. Right. But, you know, it just started like caring. Mm-hmm. Caring. Exactly. Students are so, are this next generation, they're so hungry for love. They're so mm-hmm. hungry for answers. I know my husband mentors uh, young men on the Arizona Christian University campus, and many of them even come from Christian homes, but they're still, they still need guidance even now. There exactly. are so many opportunities. We need to open our eyes and, and even ask God, send me those young people and children that you want me to pour in beyond my own children and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Let's talk about why it is important for godly parents, leaders, and members of Christ's kingdom to raise up the next generation in God's truth and come alongside them in urgent prayer. And I say urgent prayer. Well, not only does God love this generation, and He wants to pour out His blessings and favor upon them, and He wants them to live a life of joy and fruitfulness, but let's just talk about society for a moment. When our children leave the door of their home and walk into the field of life, they are going to affect society for good or for better or for worse, according to how they were taught and raised in their home. So when we look at the world, and in many ways how it seems to be falling apart, and even our nation, it will be the young people of today that will be leaders tomorrow. Uh, Many of you may have heard the concept of the seven spheres of culture, or seven mountains it's sometimes Mm -hmm. called. Well, the leaders at the top often are the ones that direct the way that is going to go, whether it be media, movies, entertainment, education, whatever field. And in a few years, our children will be those leaders. Now, are they going to be uh, someone who has a biblical worldview or someone that's going to fuel ungodly behaviors and thought patterns in our nation? So even to have a solid, righteous nation, it requires that we're raising up and discipling the next generation with a biblical worldview. Not only to just know Jesus as Savior, but how does that translate in the way I live, Mm -hmm. the way I conduct my career, even the way I vote in an election? Exactly. You also have, and I really like this, that you have prayers at the very end 
of each day. And I say prayers, so not just one or two, but it looks like a good amount, like four or five. So for this one that we were talking about, um, reclaiming truth and values, we pray for teachers and parents, Father, for discernment to recognize deception and false ideologies, and the faith and courage to push back against the sources and fight for truth. That's one of the prayers out of one, two, three, four, five that you have for this topic that we're talking about. So anybody that's reading this book can also have prayers because they might they might also be in a situation like sometimes I'm in where I say, okay, this topic is so important, but how do I pray about this? Well, it's so true. We did a lot of research uh, for this book about what the issues are. So every chapter begins with a discussion of an issue. And then we don't just say, well, pray about this or pray about that. The prayers are actually crafted so you can read them. And so they're crafted out of understanding and information that maybe not everybody has or or knows all the research behind. So it took a lot of time to craft these prayers and do the research. And so it's makes it easy for people who are concerned to pray and just realize you're praying with thousands of other people across the nation who are praying those exact same prayers. I also wanted to just quickly share some of the key features that you have. I will mention all of them because you have 21 days of uh, prayer topics and also prayers. You have excellence in academics, uh, truth in curricula, physical health and safety, emotional health and well-being, student relationships, gender and sexuality, overcoming adversity, taking ground, reclaiming truth and values. And it goes on. Cheryl, where can we get this book? You can get the book from the publisher at prayershoppublishing.org, but it's also available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, many other uh, carriers ha- uh, and book uh, books online and Christian bookstores carry this book. It's very easy to find. And what has been, just in a few sentences, what has been the reaction of this book? I've actually been shocked at how it has taken off so quickly. It is being used in all 50 states across the nation. Uh, church prayer groups are using it. Uh, we know people that get up and do telephone calls with their friends and read through it together every single day and pray the prayers together. Groups of people that are prayer walking their schools. It's amazing to see what's happening. Teachers are using the book, going to school early and praying together. God is really using this because, you know, there is an awakening among parents and grandparents and teachers across the nation that enough is enough. And we need to pray and we also need to speak up and speak out and be the answer to our prayers as well. It's a book that will fuel your prayers and fuel your action. Amen. And I am included in this that I will be using these prayers, some of these prayers, or a lot of these prayers for the crusades that I'm doing for the children. And I thank you so much for beautifully writing these prayers. And we can pray with the psalmist, let God arise and the enemies of our children be scattered. Psalm chapter 68, verse 1. Cheryl, I just want to thank you so much for being on Faith City Outreach.
to uh, share your latest book, Reclaim a Generation, 21 Days of Prayer for Schools, which is a prayer guide about the issue schools and kids face today. This book is an important book for any leader to have because it will provide them with prayer points and scriptures to pray through each day. And it's important for us believers to leave a legacy of prayer to the next generation. You've been listening to Global Gospel Worship Radio with Marina Maria. We'd like to thank our financial sponsors for supporting this internet global radio ministry. Carvajal & Associates Health Insurance Brokers, PLC. Scripture Picture and AZ Ministry Network. We'd also like to thank our prayer partners, including Venture Church, The Spheres of Influence, The Center for Peace and Reconciliation, Repentance Day, and now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for listening.